0: Hey, I'm Dwayne
1: and I'm Jennifer
0: and together we're doing a podcast roots the
1: unseen life
0: come on a journey with us you'll produce a system of roots that will stabilize you and produce fruit we're going somewhere come along with us all right, want to welcome you guys back to Roots.
1: The Unseen Life.
0: The podcast that's changing the world one life at a time, right, Jen?
1: <laughs> yeah, we're kind of a big deal, aren't we, honey? <laughs>
0: that's right. We got man. all of our
1: cousins subscribed. <laughs> it's amazing. We're crushing this I thing. think
0: we got like 10, people, 10 subscribers. It's fantastic. They all
1: have the same last name.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, man, it's great to be with you guys again. Um, I'm feeling, um, as you guys, I think, might have mentioned, there's a slight cough still, but um, again, cough. COVID, covid free, ne- covid negative. I never right. had covid, but I was sicker than a dog. So, but uh, I think because
1: apparently the cold and flu season is still real.
0: It's still real, and so, uh, but we're excited. I am really jazzed to be able to uh, introduce our our our, uh, our guest today. So probably when Jennifer and I sat down um, and said, "Okay, we're going to do this podcast. We're going to call it Roots: The Unseen Life." We got together a list of people that we'd want to interview. Yeah. And I remember Mike Frank um, is the guy that was our guest today. He was on the list like day one. And so um, I've asked him to actually give us his resume because I can't even remember it all. But um, but well, he's
1: I'm, old, right? No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just uh, the Lord brought Mike into my life, I think, actually in a very strategic season of my life. Yeah. And um, and so I am so grateful for just he did some tweaks on me and my yep. leadership, my perspective on myself, life. Um, we went on a couple trips together, some scouting trips and, and all of that kind of stuff. And and so um, you've had such an impact on my life, Mike. And uh, and so uh, I'm excited to have, to have to be able to interview you today. So we want to welcome you. Welcome, my friend.
2: Thank you. Glad to be here. I'm excited to
0: see how this thing grows. Yeah, we'll have a good time
2: at
1: least.
0: Absolutely, at least we're going to enjoy this for sure.
1: We have a cup of tea. Do you have a drink?
0: (laughs) You need it. So, um, so Mike, give us just as we start out here. Give us a little bit of um, your, uh, you know, introduce yourself a little bit, a little bit of your history, and then, and please don't be shy. Like, really, tell us some of what you've done because it's it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool.
2: Yeah, all right. Well, um, so uh, I grew up in a very uh, German Catholic community and family. And uh, so I was very structured early in my life. Uh, In fact, I never went to any school besides a Catholic school all the way through university. And uh, that that was here in Omaha where I am now. So I left Omaha early on, but have come full circle and I'm back here now. Um, I met my wife here in Omaha um, after I'd finished uh, college, and um, she and I uh, have been married uh, 43 years, going on oh 44. Gosh. Come on, yeah, church! That's crazy. It's hard that's to believe. That's amazing. Yeah. So, but the first 15 years or so of our marriage. Um, uh, we weren't walking with the Lord, so we really uh, became what I would say born again at the age of 38 years old.
0: That's so a awesome. little
2: late. And both of us had kind of in the same season, in different settings and circumstances, but been walking very strong and really hungry and curious and growing ever since then. But um, so what ended up happening? Um, I found out that I was pretty good in the world of business and so i ended up um, moving from omaha to seattle then to minneapolis i was with general mills in minneapolis where their headquarters is or the parent company of betty cracker and wheaties and Cheerios and all that and then eventually they moved me to new york city where i was the uh, working at the, one of the companies they own which was the Alligator. Back in the preppy day, we all had these oh, alligators yeah. Absolutely, on our man. Sweaters. So I was uh, uh, working there in the New York City, in the Garment District. and uh, Amazing. It was pretty exciting. And then um, I hooked up uh, in that season with PepsiCo in New York. So they were just north of the city and purchased New York, Westchester County, and went to work for PepsiCo and then they, uh, moved me around to, um, I eventually ended up at Frito-Lay, which they own. PepsiCo at that time had 500,000 employees.
0: That's insanity. Had,
2: uh, isn't that crazy? That's yeah. Pepsi Cola, and then Frito-Lay. And then we own three restaurant companies, Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, and KFC. And, uh, I ended up uh, having a really great long run with them. Ended up at a VP officer level with PepsiCo, primarily responsible for things like leadership development, and but and I was also the vice president of human resources at, at the end of my time there. And which we is were a, living in that's a that's a huge title,
0: VP of it human is. resources.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I had uh, responsibility for my division of 140,000 employees. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. It was a great ride because Pepsi was a very well-run company. I really learned how to be an effective manager leader and how to grow others. So to replicate myself. And so that was a really growing season, but eventually, um, we were in Los Angeles and the only company I said I'd ever leave Pepsi for actually called me. And so um, at the end of that Pepsi run, I ended up going to work for the Walt Disney company in Hollywood. Again, as a senior vice president of human resources. And um, so I did that in Hollywood and that's an interesting place, (laughs) (laughs) especially if you're dealing with people. Because, oh my gosh! Yeah, I can there are just imagine? Crazy, crazy stories, crazy characters, and um, I, I'm just going to leave it like this with my time at Disney. Disney looks a lot better when you're on the outside looking <laughs> in,
0: than when you're on the inside looking out. Enough, enough said. Enough said. Yeah, yeah. It's Hollywood. I mean, you know, that's, yeah, that's totally. the way it is. That's yeah. the way totally it is. totally.
2: But um, then uh, I had an encounter with the Lord at a Promise Keeper event. Uh, in Anaheim, California, 40,000 other guys, but I felt like the Lord spoke to me and he asked me to go home and find out what my wife's dreams were. Uh, And basically the first question was, whose dreams have you been living, yours or your spouse's? And um, uh, I knew the answer to that, which was they they were all my dreams because we had zigzagged all around the country and all about me getting promoted, making more money, blah, blah, blah. But when I finally asked that question of her, I mean, she shared her heart and it was to um, come back to the Omaha area and to help her mom and dad. They were older and needed help. She wanted to have more kids. So uh, I was like, Whoa, God, what kind of situation did you get me into here? How do I go from, how do you go from Los Angeles Dude. where you're working for the most creative company on the planet? And you know, I was making yeah. really great money to Omaha. I couldn't conceive that there would be anything here for me, but he had another plan. And the plan was, that uh, we did a startup telecom company that, uh, was partially funded by Warren Buffett. So we had deep pockets. We built this company and long story short in two and a half years, we sold that company for $14 billion.
1: After two and, and a half years? At
2: 42, 43 years old, I virtually did not have to work ever again. I didn't get all of that money. Obviously. Sure, like, totally. Yeah, I got sure. enough that, that kind of took care of us. So God just really uh, honored me obeying uh, That's this, huge, of, this whole thing season with my wife and she did get to spend time with her parents before they died and we ended up with two more kids, which was kind of nuts, but we did. And anyway, then uh, after we sold that company, uh, we started another telecom company uh, that actually is in Denver. It was called Level 3 Communication. We were out in uh, the suburbs of Denver in Broomfield, kind of on the way up to Boulder. And um, just rec- just recently, that company sold for thirty four billion dollars, and so I was wow. a founder of both of those two, and so my business resume uh, looked pretty good. But I was yeah. essentially out of a job at like forty four years old, yeah. and um, so somewhere in there is when we met. Yep. So I w- what happened was we had a daughter that was pretty ill. She was born with some problems. She was pretty ill, and she ended up passing away at about three years old, and our our hearts were just broken. We were just very saddened with grief, and so we ended up down in Kansas City at the uh, IHOP, International House of Prayer, and um, knew I couldn't sit just idly in the prayer room all day, although I loved the atmosphere, and um, so I ended up you know, going to work with Mike Bickle a little bit as uh, I guess at my title was the CEO, of Chief Operating Officer, and had responsibility for a lot of the functions that happened at um, IHOP, and that's where Dwayne and um, Jennifer and I all met. And um, we went through a season where it was really fun to just to work with a lot of the young talent that was there, Dwayne included, and. Um, also to help stabilize some things at IHOP and um, so that was a fun season but um, I knew that it wasn't long term. We had also uh, kind of built a home out in Santa Barbara during that season and so we were spending more and more time in California just part of our healing after that season and so after about three or four years there uh, we decided to move permanently out to Santa Barbara and God, had just such amazing things for me to do out there. I ended up for a season running the Santa Barbara Rescue Mission, which is homeless people in a drug and alcohol recovery program. And, uh, boy, did it open my eyes to the hurting people. Mm -hmm. It just increased my level of compassion. And so I did that for a season. And I was also doing consulting work, helping other CEOs or executive directors, um, you know, to build their organization, to build their team, to just be more uh, high performing, is what I call it. And eventually that led me to um, uh, working uh, with YWAN, Youth with a Mission. So I, I don't know, maybe seven, eight years ago, I joined their. And been have been working with uh, Lauren Cunningham, the founder, who's still around, amazingly enough. That, and I think you guys have history with Wyand, don't you? Yeah, we were with Wyand yeah. for we were with for ten
0: years. Yeah. Okay.
2: So well, there were paths crossed again. And but um, the strange thing that happened there was while my heart was still, you know, engaged with the YWAN people, Lauren Cunningham had a son. Whose name is David Cunningham it was about your guys's age
3: yeah we know uh, him. Yeah.
2: right at 50 early 50s and David uh, was a filmmaker and you know he he had a number of projects under his belt but um, because he was doing a lot of training uh, helping young wannabe filmmakers uh, grow uh, the state of Hawaii found out about him and said, look, we want to bring filmmaking more as an integral part of our economy here. So uh, we want to help you build a studio and give you some seed money to get going, but you need to get somebody that's really experienced to help you. So David recruited me, and I became the chairman of uh, Global Virtual Studios, and I've been helping David and his team for quite a while, and we've done three really interesting projects. And so I spent a lot of time doing that. And then the other big thing that I spend time on is, uh, well, I skipped uh, one little piece. We went up to Bethel uh, in Redding, California for a season yeah. and, and got to know a lot of the people up there, including, you know, Bill and Chris Ballington and, and there's a young guy there named Banning Leapster. And so I came alongside Banning as well and sat on his board and helped him kind of with his transition from leaving Bethel to moving to Sacramento. And, and, and he had an organization called Jesus Culture. So yep. I, was, I was a frequent frequent speaker and traveled with yeah. Banning a lot. That was a lot of fun. I love, I love pouring into young,
3: yeah.
2: uh, high potential executives. That's, that's really where my sweet spot is. So I did that and then um, now we've come full circle back to Omaha again and I'm involved in an organization called the Hope Center and it's an inner city kids where we, uh, after school program for black kids, African American children and um, that's been very timely during this season of a lot of racial, social unrest so I'm now the chairman of that and I'm deep into the inner city and you don't know. God's just used me in a lot of crazy different ways, but I feel oh, like yeah. I have this blend of, you know, I've been very successful on the business side, but I've also had a lot of impact on the, on the ministry side. And so I kind of play both parts. And I think that's where some of my value added is, is that I come at it from not just one dimension, but multiple mm-hmm. dimensions. And so here I find myself, I'll be turning 67 next week and... Wow. Going strong. Going strong. Come on, church.
1: Well, you still look like Harrison Ford.
2: <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. He's actually a lot older than I am. I,
1: I would say that. You look much younger. Yeah. Like You're like his little brother. Let's just say that. Yeah, okay. There you
2: go. But anyway, that's kind of a summary of uh, my adult life. And uh, I just, you know what? I... I'm more in love with my wife i'm more in love with jesus i'm i'm letting the holy spirit to kind of direct more of my path and uh, i'm real excited to even try it with this new church thing because yeah i've kind of gotten to the point where you know you guys read the same stuff i do which is you know the church in general not a specific church but we've really lost our relevance and our impact yes. on our culture and that's not the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. And I think part of what's missing is that we don't bring the Holy Spirit and the power and the gifts and the you know, manifestation of what he can do. And to, mm-hmm. so it's kind of a, you
0: know, totally. you
2: know it feels a little stuck right now. And I think this pandemic has made it even more stuck.
0: No, yeah, so, absolutely. Anyway, that's kind of no, my man.
2: philosophy.
3: Yeah. No,
0: I, I so, uh, I love your story. Yeah. Um, and so the first question I want to ask is, where have you, ha, do you have a sense over your life of the favor of God? Have you, have you recognized that? Do you, like you made the comment, I, I mean, already it was like, I surrendered all, moved back to Omaha and this thing blew up in front of me. Like, yeah. do you, but it, d- would you say God is with me?
2: Yeah. And you know, I, it's interesting. I don't, I don't know that he just pulled me out of the thin air. I, I think it was, you know, he gave me an an, an opportunity, a choice mm-hmm. to make and out of my obedience, I made that choice yeah. and uh, to honor my wife and, and her dreams. And I, I just think that's the way God works is if mm-hmm. you, if you hear from them and you step forward courageously because you got to understand guys, I went from, I had spent my whole life building this right. kind of blue chip resume and to trade that in for a startup telecom in Omaha was what everybody said was going to be career suicide.
0: So right. this was not,
2: you know, looking back, you can see, wow, that was a great move, Mike. But at the time it, it required a lot of courage.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That makes so sense. I think, I think
2: you know the 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 old uh, saying is that you know when he finds out he can trust you with a little, and you're faithful with it, you're a good steward with it, then he can trust you with a lot more. And I that's how I feel like both Robbie, my wife's, and I lives have gone is that we've just stewarded things to the point where he just keeps saying, okay, I'm going to give you some more. I'm going to have the yeah. impact over here. I look at when I look back over my life in ministry, I, I've counted about twenty-five ministries that we've impacted over wow. the years. Wow, so that's incredible! We've had a we've had an incredible view. Everything from you know uh, Bethel to YWAM to IHOP to Israel to I mean you name it. We've and that's been personally very fulfilling. But it's, I think it also speaks to your question of favor. But totally. I, think, I think you got to kind of get to that point where you stay you stay hungry, you stay curious, and you 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 you're very obedient when he asks you to move. Mm-hmm.
0: So stay hungry. Yeah. And and cuz it's it's interesting, you know, I'm 52 and and I we you know in this last year Jennifer I've been talking, I feel like in some ways I could go focus on the church, grow a big church. Get a comfortable life, hit the golf course often, and you know I feel like that could be an option. Or I could actually, I got, I got another good solid run in me. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. And and it's it's our conversation right now.
2: Yeah, I I yeah. actually think you know you guys take care of yourselves. You you got probably more than one run in you. <laughs> 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 but but you know, and I know you guys well enough that you're. Um, you are curious and you are hungry, and totally. Um, uh, you'll probably be asked and or be invited to do several different things before your run's over. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that's important. I think what God's trying to do is not grow up a whole bunch of one-trick ponies, right. as I call them. One-trick ponies are people that stay in the same job, same city, and there's nothing wrong with that. I right. mean, you know what? Most of most of my family members are like that. But I think he's really interested in growing up some people that have uh, diversity, variety, uh, different perspectives that they bring. It's almost like apostolic kind of stuff. Yeah. So that, yeah. um, you know, and if you're like me, you end up riding a circuit. That's kind of yeah. what I do. I kind of ride a circuit like Samuel would have done, you know, yeah. going from one place to another and depositing things and collecting a few more. So totally, mm-hmm. that's kind mm-hmm. of I see you guys too. Interesting, yeah. interesting. Yeah, I,
1: I think something that I've always appreciated about you, Mike, is your ability to see people. Like you can, mm. you can look at someone and you can see them. I think even when the person can't see themselves, you have the yeah. ability to see them and then yeah. develop them. And so, do you think that is? Is that a transferable skill? Like, can people learn that or is it oh, yeah. a gift that you have?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I, I actually call it um, God's sight. I yeah. mean, I can see people. I, I, that, I do that a lot. You remember Well, you guys weren't there, I'm confusing locations, but yeah. Bill Johnson <laughs> Bill Johnson at Bellville used to always say, ask God to show you the gold in people. Yeah. Find the gold in people. That's so much easier than being critical and judgmental and, you know, putting labels on people. So I've I've kind of coined my own term on that called God's sight. So a lot of times as I meet new people, I ask God, give me, give me your sight for them. Give me, what are you seeing in them? How do I, how do I call out the gold in them? And and, and then, you know, the other issue is, guys, in the natural, I, you know, you work that long in human resources, you got to be pretty quick read
3: Yeah, on, yeah.
2: you know, who's going to be a fit and who isn't going to be a fit yeah. and what their strengths are. And so um, I, I, I can honestly tell you, though, that I didn't always do that from a place of compassion. I did that more from, you know, can we get them on board and can they produce for us? And yeah. totally. you start to... You start to really be quick at um, understanding. Uh, you know, culturally, are they going to work? And and a lot of times, then they, you have to give them some feedback too. You know. Yeah. You know, if they didn't get the job, then I give them feedback, and I found out. You know, I I can do that. So to your question of, can you be taught that? Um, well, one, I think when you when you you know, ask God to help you, obviously, that can happen. But in the natural, um, you know, you just got to be curious about people. Yeah. You just mm-hmm. got to, you got to want to, you got to want it. You got to, you yeah. got to say, I'm not, I'm not just looking at what they can do for me. I'm trying to see right. who they are and what they can do for the kingdom kind of a right. thing. And, and, uh, you know, actually, we all work with somebody who I actually thought at times did this very well, Lenny LaGuardia. Yeah. Lenny, as soon as people hit that campus, Lenny was totally. all over him, like totally. white <laughs> on rice. Totally. <laughs> totally. He would he would find out, what's your strength? How can you plug totally into the amazing. children's ministry? <laughs> he was amazing at it. <laughs> yeah. he amazing. At it. He had first shot at everybody at C-B. Yeah. Totally.
0: And he had yeah. a first-string team, man, yeah, yeah. all the time. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. <sighs> No, I think, Mike, one of the, like, um, so, (laughs) excuse me, (coughs) excuse me, we're uh, both Jennifer and I are going to counseling right now, and it's actually the first time that I've ever gone to a counselor's office, and uh, it was made available to us, so it's been, and it's actually been very fascinating, and it's been really interesting, and uh, and so I decided to, I said, I don't know, like, what am I going to go in and talk about, (laughs) you know what I mean, and so I took some time to think about it and i and i I said, "Okay, these are areas I want to actually grow and conquer, and so it's been super helpful and one of the things that she's been talking about with me is just talking to me about my father and, it, and ah. it's and it's evoked quite a conversation and and so this is um you know Jennifer mentioned it before we got on on the call here but um so i was i had you know in my own home, and then I had had two Pretty significant leaders in my life, and then I met you, and it wasn't until I met you that I ever had somebody say to me, "Dwayne, you're actually good at this. You need to put more energy into it." Mm-hmm. And 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 so I'm not saying this for for people to you know feel compassion for you, but <laughs> I I never really had a voice to call me out. Yeah. I never had really hardly any words of affirmation saying dwayne yeah. you're good at this go for it and and i remember you telling me that i was good at marketing yeah. and i was all and i almost said like is there anybody else in the room you're talking about me because <laughs> it was because <laughs> it was like i just had not had much of that and yeah. so those yeah. th- that season of having you <laughs> You know, we used, I used to come over to your house there. We'd go down into your office. And, right.
1: well, once a week. You guys did a breakfast thing, yeah. right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And yep. so that, that was so important to my formation. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, we call our – this podcast is The Roots, the Unseen Life. And so, you know, it, it's absolutely the spiritual aspect of our lives I, we want to talk about, a lot about. But it's also our formation of who we yeah. are to, growing up and becoming. And so I would like you just to speak, what are some foundational stones in our lives in regards to our mind, will, and our emotions mm. that are important pieces to have solidified so that we can build a house that will bring forth fruit in right. that soul side of our, does that question make sense?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I'll reference an old Disney movie, the, uh, um, Alice in Wonderland, and there's a scene in there where um, this Alice is wandering around, not figuring out where she's supposed to go, and the Cheshire cat's sitting up in the tree, and she, she says, I'm lost, and I don't know how to, where to go, and he goes, well, where do you want to be? Where do you, what's your destination? And she says, well, I don't have one, and he goes, well, then any road will do. Right? <laughs> right, and, right. And that's right. very, that, I think that's very foundational for all of us is that um, the difference between people that are fruitful or successful or make yep. a lot of money, what, how, however you want to frame that, the difference is they have a plan. Uh-huh. I mean, it, that may sound like an oversimplification, but that's a foundational stone. You totally. have to have a plan. and the plan, you need to be intentional. You need to be um, committed. You need to execute against the plan. Now, in the course of your lifetime, you're going to have multiple plans. But yep. for right. the season you're in right now, any of us, you have to have a plan. Like, you know, yep. I'm doing this inner city youth thing right now, and we've had all kinds of problems because of COVID and kids getting sick and schools being closed. I mean, it's just been a nightmare. And, uh, but we have a plan and we're working against that plan and we have to pivot once in a while. We have to do other things, but we're working on, you know, really making this inner city program, a place where kids learn identity, their identity in Christ, because it is a Christian program. And so that's the first foundational stone is you got to have a plan.
3: Yeah. And I do
2: a teaching on, um how to get a plan okay and so uh i can i'll if you want me to i can share it in a a summary form or we can do that at another time but i mean just quickly
0: do you have it anywhere like is it online anywhere anything
2: no it's not online but uh, okay i'll just tell you i don't i don't see a pen and a paper in front of you but so i'm going to just do this real quickly so um what it is all of us as humans have seven basic needs. Okay. We've all heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Well, this is a little more kind of earthy and refined. And it's, we have a need, we have spiritual needs, we have physical needs, we have financial needs, we have relational needs, we have intellectual or career needs, we have uh, social needs and we have rest or recreational needs. So there's seven needs that we all have, right? And what I do is I draw a circle and I divide that circle into the seven parts. And then I have you rate yourself on from zero to 10. How well are you fulfilling or how, how fulfilled do you feel right now in terms of you're at, are you close to a 10, 10 being high, or are you closer to a zero? And what you end up with is a... Uh, a wheel within that wheel. So if you connect the dots, are you tracking with me? Yep. Yep. If you connect those dots, your wheel kind of looks a little imbalanced. And and the, the, the objective is never to get fully, you know, in balance. but in different seasons, you got to figure out which of these areas need more time and attention. And yeah. so like for me, for, for me, I don't spend a lot of time on the financial end because I, I'm, I'm kind of there. I spend a lot of time on the physical one because at 67, your body starts to fall apart a little <laughs> bit. And um, you know, I spend a lot of time on the spiritual. But from that analysis and from that assessment, you can tell which part of your life is not working right. And yeah, and that I usually tell people from that, that's where you're going to set some goals, and and that's where you're going to develop a plan from. Yeah. So it's a it's a comprehensive look. It's a holistic look mm-hmm. at your life. Most right. people, when they think of a plan, they think of a plan for my career, my job. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. A, right?
3: Yeah, totally. Yeah.
2: Or, you know, they think of, you know, a plan around, I don't know, uh, one of the other areas, you know, financial or whatever. I'm going to be a millionaire by the time I'm 33. Those kind totally. of plans. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But you got to take a holistic look at your life. Yeah. Yeah. And when you, when you're operating in a holistic way where you're, you're, you're really working on the issues of the day of the season, what that does is it, I think it it just ushers in the uh, opportunity for God to use you in a way that generates fruit and generates favor and generates impact. So that's, a first step I usually take in coaching somebody anymore. I've just kind of developed this thing over Mm -hmm. time, but that's really step one is if you don't have a plan, yeah. I can't work with you until you get a plan. So that's very Mm -hmm. foundational. (laughs) Yeah. No, that makes total sense. Yeah. And there's issues of the heart. Like I said earlier, if you're not hungry and you're not curious and you're not, willing to step out of the boat a little bit and, you know, uh, be vulnerable and be, um, uh, you know, subject to, uh, change and those kinds of things.
3: Yeah. You
2: know, I don't, I don't usually work with people that are in that kind of a stuck position. That, to me yeah. that just feels like, um, You know, they want they want me to do all the work.
0: (laughs) Uh huh. (laughs) Totally.
2: In terms of helping them, and uh, so I saw that in you guys. I saw a real hunger in you Mm -hmm. uh, early on. I saw a very, you know, big level of hunger, curiosity. You were willing to stop and and um, say, I don't, I don't know this. I don't understand this. I need Mm -hmm. help in this area. That's part of the hunger and the curiosity. Yeah. But at that point, you know, most of your most of that conversation was going towards, what am I going to do for my job, right? Yeah. Sure. yeah. And I, I actually say our job is to, to manage all seven of those areas. Because yeah. if you want, if, this is something that a lot of people may argue with me on, but if you want people to follow you, you want a following of people, you want people to get behind you and be led by you, you got to have a life that works.
3: Right. You can't <laughs> so just right. be a voice.
2: You can't be a voice. You can't be, you know, so self-centered. I mean, there's all these dimensional things that go on in terms of why people would follow you or not. But I think the best evidence of why somebody should follow you is you, you live a successful life. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you take care of yourself physically. You're really relationships are strong you know you're um you're walking with the lord in a positive way you know yep. you're you're stopping and, and resting and getting recreation when you need it uh that's a, th- that whole thing just kind of works together to create a mm-hmm. successful life and when people see that they're drawn to that that's right. my philosophy now you know if you if you're a professor of theology and all of your life is spent on you know, studying the word and writing about it and all that kind of stuff. you could maybe make a case that that's why people should follow you, but that's not what my experience has told me. And then I think the other thing is when you have that, I think people see power. they see mm-hmm. they see that things happen around. Yeah. you. yeah, yeah, and that's contagious. That's attractive yeah. to people. And uh, I, so yeah. anyway, that's a I long think, answer to your no, question.
1: No, but, but it's a great answer because yeah. it's not rocket science. And yeah. I think a mistake that I've made, I won't include Dwayne, I'll just say me, is Well, I haven't
0: made any mistakes. Right. So of course
1: not, baby. You got this. Um, is I have focused on one of the seven and done that really, really well.
0: And, yeah. Yeah. and,
1: Thought, and of course it's in the spiritual wing. And so I thought that was the right thing to do as opposed right. to everything is holy. So That's whether right. I'm you know, playing golf, which I don't because I suck, <laughs> or, you know, baking or whatever my hobby yeah, yeah. is, whatever you do do with all your heart is unto the Lord. I'm I'm a late bloomer in understanding what you just described. All yeah. of that matters.
2: Yeah, and holistic, holistic approach yes. to living. Yeah.
1: And it's sustainable. Yeah. And because and I, I think that Duane and I have been stretched, like where the rubber band doesn't snap back anymore. You know yeah. what I mean? Because you yeah. just keep pushing yeah. and yeah. pushing and pushing. And now we're yeah. going, and whoa.
2: Yeah, and you think you're doing it for the kingdom, and yeah. and you know what? What God God designed us to have things like rest and yes. relationships and physical bodies that work. He designed yeah. us that way. Yeah. He didn't say be one-dimensional.
3: Right.
1: And yeah, you right.
2: know, kill yourself in the process. Right. I don't yeah. think that's the God we serve.
1: Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. And someone recently, um, they gave me a prophetic word, and their prophetic word was get a hobby.
0: Yeah. and yeah. i was
1: like huh hobby what and i'm i'm just recognizing the beauty of god in rest and in yes. finding joy and in desire yeah. and so i love yeah. that that's your yeah. approach i think that's amazing
2: it, yeah it took me a long time to figure it out too because i was one-dimensional <laughs> for a lot of years but you know with years sometimes comes some wisdom so there we yeah. are
3: <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> well it's it's and also I feel like, um, you know, I, I the caliber of people that will run with you if you are healthier. Yeah. yeah. The caliber of people of relationships will significantly yeah. increase.
2: Yeah. It does, and like I've noticed you know, that. It is so true that you know it's an attraction. What I call a tra- attraction model. That yeah. If you're attractive, you attract other high performing or high impact yep. people. And, uh, it's, it's a rare atmosphere that you get to kind of, you know, kind of play in. And yeah, yeah. I've had, I, I can't guys, the life that, you know, God's given me has just been unbelievably fun and, and rich. And I, you know what I, and I'm, I'm comfortable with the Lauren Cunningham's, Bill Johnson's of the world, but I'm also comfortable with the CEOs of major corporations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I play golf at a country club where a lot of people aren't believers. Mm-hmm. I um, I go to church with people that go real deep in the Holy Spirit, so it's like, how do you get all of this? Yeah.
3: yeah,
0: yeah, I love it. That's really good. Talk to us, uh, um, if you don't mind. I would just like to talk about that season with your with your. Daughter with your daughter that passed, Lexi that passed away because people can hear your story and think, Well, this guy's just got favor on his life, and you know, easy, right? It's been easy, and you just went boom, 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 boom. But you've also known significant trial and significant pain.
2: It was really a hard season. Um, she was born with a condition called trisomy 13, which everybody has a a dual set of chromosomes. And one of her 13s, a piece broke off of it and translocated, meaning it, it attached to an 11, which created this mosaic of problems for her. Everything from neurological problems to GI problems to uh, sight vision. I mean, it was just a mess. And so uh, most of those babies don't live that have that condition. They, they just, you know... Uh, A lot of women, younger women, can't carry a child like that the full term. But my wife, because she was like 41 or two, did. And um, so uh, she was pretty broken. And um, it was, guys, for three and a half years, it was life or death. There were times where she died in my arms. And we prayed, and all of a sudden she'd gasp and come back to life. And, you know, I know a lot of parents, you know, freak out when their kid, you know, breaks their arm or
0: has a,
2: has a temperature of 103. That was,
0: (laughs) that was your dream. That
2: was, yeah, we, we were in a way deeper waters than that. And so the good news that came out of that was that um, we really started going deep with the Lord and really depending on the Lord. I'd always been kind of a self-sufficient kind of a guy where, you know, I could make things happen and, you know, yeah. I could buy my way out of things if I needed to. And But what happened with this one, it was like, they really couldn't tell us where her life was going. So you can't, when, when you don't have a, a prognosis or, a, you know, something you can hope for, Mm-hmm. You're kind of out. You're kind of out in the middle of the ocean, and you don't yeah. have a shore to swim to. Yeah, and you're just kind of treading water. And then I felt like God just dropped this life preserver and said, "Hang on, hang on to me." So for that's what we did for three and a half years, and it took us into a place of intimacy and dependency and um, brokenness and humility that. Um, I don't, you know, I think uh, somebody once told me, he said, you know what the definition of wisdom is? What's the definition of wisdom is suffering. <laughs> and when you unpack that is, you know, it's only through suffering that you really learn some really deep life lessons. Well, That's so true, we learned man. some deep life lessons in that season. And uh, so for a period of time after she was gone, it was really, really hard for us. Um, the grief,
3: yeah, just
2: the, um, the loss. And so, but we were determined we were going to be overcomers. That's yeah. part of what that season at IHOP was. That's part of why we ended up out in the beaches of Santa Barbara was we wanted healing in the worst way. Yeah. And so we, we went after it. And, um, you know, I'm happy to tell you that, um, you know, we are overcomers
0: we, we we
2: weren't victims of that we, we've Amen. gotten through it in a, in a victorious kind of a way to where we're now so much stronger so much stronger that um uh you know we can be used uh yeah. without having to you know kind of constantly be worried about getting hurt again or whatever because when you really think about it you have you have your parents the worst thing that you could be threatened with is that the enemy is going to take your child. Absolutely. That's the worst thing. Right. Well, he, he tried to do that with us, but we ended up praising God and we're, we're, we're healthy and whole and we're, we didn't ever let him get his way on that thing. And
0: now we're in, now we're in a place where
2: we're helping other people, comforting others.
0: That's I mean, awesome. the death of a child is like one of the number one reasons for divorce. You yeah, know, it,
2: yeah, we made it for two reasons. One, we were older. We had already been married for about 20 years. Two was we had a, a counselor, a, two, a husband-wife team that were marriage counselors. And for 16 weeks, they took us through a marriage thing that to this day we say saved us. It's a hard reality, very hard reality. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing.
0: No, it. You know, because it's just, you know, I am. I feel like in some ways, I don't want to go the depth of this, but in 2008, the Lord invited me into something, and I still even feel like in some ways, I'm, I'm still in it, and that, I am now like, I've just been studying with our team here the 400 years that the Lord took Israel through egypt and what was god's purposes in that and you there are many many tips of wisdom that are formed only in adversity yeah it is
2: it's the refining fire and it's the the pressure that makes the lump of coal be the diamond and you know there's an old saying too that says that you know you, you you can't really trust anybody that doesn't have a link yeah yeah you know what I mean by the lips. You've been yeah. nicked in some way. You've been yeah. you've been you've suffered in some way. That's part of the fellowship of the suffering with Jesus yeah. is that yeah. you understand all that he did for you, all that he went through. And that usually only comes from you getting squeezed a little bit. <laughs>
0: yeah. Totally. hundred yeah. percent. And that's where that's where I think even in twenty twenty I'm seeing many go through a a collision, a bump. A I mean, it's it's everywhere. The challenges that and that is is taking place in 2020. It's pretty significant, yeah. and that's and, where and I just
2: where, yeah. Where do you go for answers right now? Right. It's a tough. It's a tough place to find real answers. You yeah. know, don't listen yeah. to the news because they they don't have anything. Don't listen yeah. to Nothing. the politicians. They don't have any hope for you. Right. Know. The, the only hope we have is going to come from on high, and um, you know. Uh, and I think he's even saying, "I, I want to, I want to have more impact and more influence." And so I'm going to, am shaking my church a little bit.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I'm I,
2: shaking the body, and I, I'm saying enough of this, you know, foolishness of just trying to be comfortable or be entertainment or be this or be that. He says we got to get back to. You, we need to have this Holy Spirit kind of activity going on in your church and in your lives, and mm-hmm. I need you. I need you for the kingdom. I need yeah. you for the harvest. And yeah. we've just kind of fallen asleep, and I don't, I don't want to be judgmental or critical, but I think this is a shaking, shakening that's going to result in a new expression, a new version, um, because the harvest is here. People want answers.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: They're desperate for it, I believe. I you know, got you got a question? I got another one, but you got a no, question. No, go ahead. So, um to a 20 to a 20 something year old, you know, and and so we've asked the question, "Hey, what get a plan?" I I I actually might um want to do another whole interview on that. I want to I think it's gold. Yes. And because yeah. I think there's so much to that. So when there's disappointment, following up just even just with our last conversation, I mean our last point here, when 20-somethings hit disappointment, um, i.e. disillusionment, like I didn't know the world was like this or I didn't yeah. know God was like this and how did I get here? What is yeah. going on? How? What is just yeah. something that you would encourage people in that circumstance going, how do you get yourself that bump in the road if that, you know
2: you know i
0: mean it's a scripture we all know so well it's it says seek
2: first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added and i mean that sounds a little you know too simple or whatever but um these the young 20 some year olds i mean you know you've heard them been called snowflakes and Yep. All kinds of other. they they You know. They've had helicopter parents around them. They've had. Uh, they've never been given any real feedback in terms of, you know, their strengths or their weaknesses, and they're pretty fragile. And um, uh, you know, the only place they're going to get um, the strength that they need to face the future is. It's another scripture he said, that I didn't give you a spirit of uh, timidity, or uh, I can't remember what the other part of it is. You know which one I'm talking about? Yeah, a spirit yeah, of timidity. Fear. I've yeah, given yeah. you a spirit of the power and a strong mind, yeah, a yes. sound mind, yeah, yes, right, yes. That's the answer, guys. Is turn to the Holy Spirit and say, I need that, I want that, yes, yes, I that's. I got to start breathing that air because I, my spirit right now feels weak. It feels fragile. It feels hopelessness. And um, you're not going to find answers in um, going out to the bars or, you know, you know, whatever else they're seeking at that age. And, um, and I can tell you as one who has made enough money that I couldn't spend it all in one life, Uh, money isn't the answer having more money is not the answer having more toys is not the answer i bet all those too and it really comes down to that you know that you are um, uh, you're walking in belief you're walking in this belief that I can heaven can come to earth now
3: Mm -hmm. I don't have to
2: wait till I die heaven invades earth now what's what's in heaven i mean our father tells us that uh thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth that's in as it is in heaven i really believe that stuff i mean some people Mm -hmm. think that's controversial but i'm going to tell you what uh i really believe that that's god's intention for us is to have heaven right here on earth and the only way you're going to get that is to seek his kingdom and to get the holy spirit get I would even say get, and this may be kind of controversial to some of your audience, but I would say be baptized by, in the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. So you maybe had a conversion baptism, but you need a right. uh, Holy Spirit baptism. And yeah. once you get that power surging through you, you can take on anything. You don't have to live in that place of hope.
0: That's Amen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: That's good. I appreciate that.
0: No, I think I'm just, uh, you guys, those that are listening, I, I think that, there is this place where those that have gone before us uh, wisdom I think it is so central and so I have so appreciated just hanging out a little bit here Mike this has been really good yeah I it's really been appreciate fun for me it too yeah and yeah uh, I got myself all fired up here <laughs> <laughs> no I love it yeah and we just haven't talked for a while and so I'm just hearing your voice seeing your face I've loved this man so um, yeah. do you have a website? Not request. really. Not really. Okay. You
2: know I, okay. no. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm kind of,
0: I, I, I don't want to sound, I understand,
2: old fashioned or fussy <laughs> or whatever. But I don't do a lot of social media because I'm kind of. John Eldridge does this thing where he says there's five stages to a man's life to maturing, and first stage is a cowboy then it's a a warrior then it's a lover and then it's a king and i'm at the final stage which is called a sage yep which is that i don't need to be out there promoting anything i I wait for people to come to me and so i'm kind of at the beginning of the beginning of that so i don't do a lot i'm I'm not easy to get a hold of i'm not easy to find and most of that is intentional my life is full yeah. And I have as many friends as I need. Uh-huh. I understand. Uh-huh. I understand. But, I, you know, I want to give it to myself not to, you know, give it away in little bits and pieces. I want to give it to a few things that I do really well.
0: Yeah, yeah. amen. And I hear that.
2: I, I've shared with you those things I'm doing. Making movies, faith and family mm-hmm. movies, helping the inner city, planning the church. That's where I'm at now. Yeah. I love it.
1: That's awesome. Well, hey, Thank guys. Thank you so much for your time, Mike. Absolutely we really might. appreciate
0: yeah. it. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's do it again.
2: And Absolutely. I'll be out there. I'll, I, I promise I'll be out there sometime this winter. I got to go skiing. Good. Okay. We want to see you. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Check us All out. Right, we'll guys. Be here. All right. Yeah. All right. Good luck with this and let, be blessed. All, All right. right. We'll talk hey, to you later. You too. And thanks so much, guys, right, for listening. You. Thanks so much, guys, for listening. And uh, stick around um, and uh, subscribe, link, like, whatever you're supposed to do. <laughs> And uh, God bless you guys. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you later. All right, bye-bye.